Nice beat. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran, joined by Adam Scher at Ship My Money DFS on the Twitters. You can follow me at Loppy underscore D, L O U G H Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners out there. We got uh, another two game slate. Not much changed since Monday. But we're back at it once again. Only real news here is will Robert Williams play or not. Outside of that, John Morant's sideline, Chris Middleton still out. How are we feeling this morning, bro? Uh, pretty good. Ready to get to a, a new slate. Yesterday was kind of just broke even, lost a little bit. So uh, ready to get to a new one. What huge blowouts there were, too. And it's, it's funny because it was game five. This is why, you know, momentum is such a nonsense term when, you, you know, like, both both the Sixers and the Mavs won two straight to tie the series up at two, and both of them lost by 30-plus points. Yeah, kind of just anticlimactic. Like, you, you assumed they were going to lose, you know, going back on the road, but then to just get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't <clears throat> expect either team to win. Both of them were dogs anyway, but at no point was that Sixers game competitive. And then Dallas, I had a bit of a lead early on and ended up just falling flat, losing by 30 points themselves. But you got two good ones again today. And, yes, I'm actually considering Memphis-Golden State a good one because they're on the brink of elimination. They're at home. They're only four-point dogs. And then Boston's a, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. But this series has swung back and forth, and they're knotted up at two as well. So uh, let's dive into this. Before we do, though, hit that thumbs up. Show some love around here. It helps us greatly. If it didn't, I wouldn't ask you for it and wouldn't waste my time or yours. Subscribe to the channel as well. And if you want to, hit that join button down below. Get the free super chats each month, the custom emojis, my favorite part, the sweet badges. Got people iced up in chat with those ice blue one-year badges. You can get one too. <laughs> now, uh, in all seriousness, though, we'd love to have you a part of the team here. And we'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with our premium Discord members. So let's dive into it. Straight out of the gate, Adam. First things first, the Milwaukee Bucks. We can talk about Giannis, but I kind of want to kick it off with Drew because there's been a lot of talk about Giannis. There's you know, not much talk about Milwaukee outside of that. And Drew's been good. He's been pretty good. He hasn't been amazing, but he's been pretty good. The thing here, though, is when you actually look at his rates, he has – Attempted 20-plus shots in every game, 20, 20, 30, and 22. Uh, he has a 30% usage rate. Giannis is at 42. The next closest player is Bobby Portis at 19. Uh, if you look at potential assists, I already did my betting video today, and, and uh, Drew over 32.5 points, rebounds, and assists is on there. He's averaging 12 potential, or, yeah, 12 potential assists per game. Giannis is like 16. Next closest is Grayson Allen at 2.5. So, this has been the Giannis and, and Holiday show. He just isn't shooting well so far, but the volume and rates are all very high. Yeah, uh, he was one of my highest owned guys last time these teams played, and I expect that'll be the case again today. Like $8,200 on DraftKings for a guy that, like you said, is, is taking at least 20 field goal attempts in every game, has about uh, a 29% usage rate using the numbers I'm looking at. You know, it uh, varies by site, but um, approaching 30%. He's at 1.12 DraftKings points per minute with a 42.9% true shooting percentage in the series. Like, you cannot shoot worse than that. And he's still no. averaging 1.1 DraftKings points per minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's still, he's still 
He's still averaging 1.1 DraftKings points per minute while playing 40 minutes a game. You know what right. I mean? Like he's still putting up. If you're if you start to see improvement on that on your shooting and you're playing 40 minutes per night, you're talking you're definitely going to be getting some 50 plus fantasy point games. So I don't know. Drew's really intriguing to me. So is Giannis. Uh, and obviously playing both of them in the same lineup is never going to be super easy, but you and I have talked about this a lot. People always ask like, Oh, would you play two guys at this price on the same team? Would you play these two guys on the same team? When it comes to Giannis and drew, you at least know that they're taking up the lion's share of possessions, even though both of them aren't cheap. Yeah. And also with it being a two game slate and just less opportunity cost, I don't really care anyway. Right. uh, Yeah. Like, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you made the point and, and I was going to say it if you didn't, these two are just doing everything offensively. Um, you know, like you said, Bobby Portis is third in usage in this series at 19%. You look at the other starters, uh, Brooke Lopez, 14%, Wesley Matthews, seven and a half percent, Grayson Allen, nine and a half percent. It's just so much of Milwaukee's production is coming through these two guys. Yeah, exactly. And once you get past that, it, it isn't to say that you can't play any of these guys, obviously, but those are far and away the two top options. Then you get down to like a Brooke Lopez. You get, you know, what? And you get around 28, 29 minutes from him. He's been fine. Bobby Portis is another one where it's hard to say. He played, what, 15 minutes last game uh, off the bench, and his price still seems to be a little bit inflated given his role. And then you get into your Pat Connaughton's and Grayson Allen. So how do you sort through this mess that isn't Giannis and Drew Holiday? Yeah, I mean, it's it's rough. I mean, Connaughton is still pretty inexpensive at, at, at 3,800. Um, should play upper 20s, most likely, uh, in, in minutes. Last game, you got you, you got 30 from him again last game. He had played, I think, 32 the game before that. Um, that's not set in stone that he gets the 30, but on average, I would expect he gets, you know, 28 ish minutes. Uh, so at 3,800 still makes him look okay. Similarly, you can go to Grayson Allen at 3,900. That price has finally come back to earth after um, his very, very hot start to the postseason. So either one of those guys are fine. I think that they should be similarly owned. Uh, right now, we do actually have Connaughton at 26% compared to 13% for Allen. So that makes me interested in Allen in tournaments just because I, I think Connaughton does project a little bit better, but I don't think he should be twice as popular. Yeah, I don't think it should be twice as popular either. But again, it's just one of these teams where these guys, you know, even a a, a Wes Matthews and, and all of these cheap guys, you just don't know. So would you say that they're usually when you've got a two game slate, you have a lot of a team. We've seen it with the Suns. We saw, you know, with the Mavs, with with Bullock and Finney Smith and, and Brunson. And, and Maxi outside of Luca, obviously, but all of these teams, the, the mid range guys, or even some of the value guys that are getting minutes in that 48, 5k range, they're all pulling like 25, 30%. If you look at this, once you get past Giannis and drew, you, you mentioned that we have Connaughton around 26%, but then everyone falls off a cliff. They're all below 14. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, it kind of makes for an interesting spot in tournaments. Um, like when you look at somebody like Bobby Portis getting 12% ownership, he played 15 minutes last game and he's still like his price is coming down, but he's still not super cheap. You see he's 5,500 on DraftKings, but when he, he's still, he's a good point per minute guy. So even if you assume that most times he's not going to play a lot of minutes here coming off the bench, 
I think that at 12% ownership on a two-game slate, there is still some merit to um, taking some shots at him and just hoping that for one reason or another, whether it's a change in rotations or Brooke Lopez foul trouble or anything, um, that he just plays more. So it, it kind of makes it interesting to take, you know, kind of just take dart throws at those guys. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like none of them look particularly good. So I do understand the ownership. Yeah, agreed. Architels are brutal blowouts for DFS yesterday. Only thing that saved me was playing Booker and Paul together. Yeah, uh, there were a ton of landmines. And Joel Embiid was entirely uninterested. I don't even know if he's uninterested in playing. It, it was funny because uh, Charles Barkley made a comment at halftime that really riled people up. Adam, I, I want to get your opinion on this before we move to Boston because we just moved through Milwaukee pretty quick. We're good on time. Um, and he's like, he just doesn't seem like he wants to play. He's moping around. You know, he seems uninterested. Talking about the passed. guy with the broken face. What's up? Barkley said that about the guy with the broken face. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But I have a more nuanced opinion on this. So obviously, I think it was ridiculous. Although I think Charles Barkley is unintentionally the funniest person on earth. And I absolutely love the guy. Uh, but I mean, his takes are not his, his takes are not to be taken seriously. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't love him for his takes. I just love him for his. Yeah, everything that he is. <laughs> Go watch a video that I posted yesterday with him talking about what Tobias Harris was wearing. Oh, I saw that. That was great. Yeah. He is. Oh, just my God. His face. Oh, my so God. Great. What the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. They, they like zoom in on his face and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> but have a good game play coming to work <laughs> like that, <laughs> which he didn't. Um, but to me, it's one of those things where it's like everybody was saying how the Sixers won games three and four because Joel Embiid came back and because he was dominant defensively and because he's so good offensively. But then the moment he has a terrible game, we go back to that. Now, he did take that ball off of Deadman's hand to the face, which probably didn't help him at all. But um, it, it's always funny to me how people shift narratives based on how a player is playing, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I do. I, I can't imagine though, that that didn't hurt like absolute hell when he got, and someone goes, well, get him a better mask. Like, yeah. Okay. You will. They'll go figure that out. I'm sure the people designing masks for, for multi-million dollar NBA stars, right? Like max contracts. I'm sure they're giving them the shitty masks first in the postseason. Yeah, and I'm sure masks exist where you have, when you have a broken orbital bone and you get hit in the face with a basketball, <laughs> it makes it not hurt. <laughs> right, right. They want like some superhero type shit where you can't feel anything. Right, it's ridiculous. Right. But you know what I mean, right? The, how the narrative always shifts based on how a player is playing and based on where your fandom lies. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but... He is. And Rob Martin, Rob Martin said it. He said, dude is exhausted and beat the, beat the F up uh, out there playing. So props to the process. Yeah, he is. He's beat the hell up, man. This guy after the, after the playoffs is going to probably not move for two weeks and I wouldn't blame him. So, yeah. Uh, and it's like, for me who I, I, I really like Joel Embiid, but um, obviously have had plenty of fun with Sixers fans regarding the Jokic and Embiid debate. Like, I wish he wasn't playing hurt because it would be really fun if the Sixers were just losing to, you know, like troll Sixers fans and, and Embiid and all that. But like, I respect the hell out of what he's doing, you know, playing through all of this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, Chuck said it was because he didn't win the MVP that he was moping. I think that's what it was. But yeah, that's just an amazing take. Yeah, I really thought he'd come out pissed off. 
I did. Like, I thought I'm not a narrative guy, but we've seen him be do it a million times where he just kind of he's big enough and, and strong enough to 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 come out there and and kind of enforce impose his will on on other teams. Miami, a little different, though, a bunch of grown men out there. Uh, and last one, someone said, where where is this? Uh, Brandon said the mask is hammer proof, too, they said, LOL. No, it might be. I'll give you an example, right? I never used to wear a cup playing hockey at him in men's league until Something I dropped a dude, put him into his own bench, and his teammate picked the puck up at center ice and took and wound up and shot it straight to the dick, okay? It felt like – I'm t- straight to the dick. And it felt like 15,000 bee stings, okay? My dad lived around the, around the, the way, like f- five minutes away, and he used to come watch the games. So I'm, I'm, I, I like limp off. I, I crawl basically off. And then behind the bench, my dad comes up and just, he's like, yeah, should have worn a cup. And just, <laughs> just laughed at. Mind you, the guy was a doctor, but what are you supposed to do? Right. You're not going to be like, Hey, let me see it. Right. Uh, so I've always worn a cup after that. There's a point to this story. And if you've played sports, which I know you have, you understand how this works. Yeah, I, I don't know where you're going with this, but I will add that wearing a cup, it still hurts like shit. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So I've taken some shots still wearing a cup. And I promise you that stomach ache after, you know, that immediate stomach ache and just the overall feeling of, of, of disbelief and unwellness, it is still there. It's just not as extreme. But if you're wearing a cup and you take a shot to the balls or, or to the what, however you want to put it, wherever it is, you feel that you really feel that. So there's no way that that mask is going to prevent the pain as well. Right. There, there's still the, the pressure of it hitting it. It's I mean, the, the main reason you're wearing a cup is so that your like balls don't explode. Like yeah. it, it's to protect you physically, not to necessarily stop it from hurting. Exactly. Yes, Jeffrey. He was a doctor. He passed in 2018, but yeah, he was an infectious disease specialist. As a matter of fact, he had a pretty impressive uh, resume. Um, let's talk about the Boston Celtics here. And we got some free content on the site as well. NBA player projections, MLB player rankings, PGA player rankings, and NHL player rankings, all of them hundred percent free today. You don't need an account uh, to, to check them out. Just hover over it, the drop down and you'll find it. Uh, and if you want, Jordan, throw it up on the screen, awesomeo.com slash join. Uh, if you want to get in on any of the other excellent offerings we have for every sport, you could do one sport, however you want to play it. But uh, if you just look at it, we have we have tools for every sport out there. If they have contests across these sites, we have premium content. All of our tools created by Awesomeo himself. Uh, Alex Baker won a lot of money using these tools. So have our subs, so have the guys that are with us that work here that have used them. And uh, you can do baseball, basketball, how we have F1, USFL, soccer, tennis, of course, basketball, UFC, PGA, NASCAR, esports, everything across the board. Uh, and we take a quick, you answer a quick question, you know, are you casual? Are you serious? Are you pro? Uh, and then we'll cater the, the subscription to you and, and what your budget looks like. So we got a premium discord too. If you decide to join us, hop in the discord, great community and the office hours channel where you got pros like Steve Buzzard, the Colts, and, and other guys jumping in and helping you better your game. All right, so let's talk about the Boston Celtics here. Tatum comes out 13 rebounds last game. How much do you think of that was the fact that Robert Williams didn't play? I think it's a combination of Williams not playing and also just, you know, regression. Positive regression, yeah. 
I mean, this is this was like an outlier for sure. I think for Tatum because he he didn't have more than six rebounds all playoffs. And Grant, I know it was only six games before that, man, but or seven games before that. But yeah, thirteen boards, thirty points. He 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 looked a lot better last game. So do you do we want to go back to Tatum today? And how does he stack up against the other high high price guys? Uh, so first of all, great comment in chat. Lofty bet you wish in that moment your dick had been on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, comment of the day already, and it's ten. Se- Nothing's beating that, right? Right. Right. That that is good stuff, dude. Um, jo- we need a comment Hall of Fame, Jordan. We need to have like a a comment Hall of Fame, and at the end of each week, like we'll put in. You should save them. And then we should just scroll it on the screen at the end of the deeper dive. Even if we're just doing content, we don't have to read them. We should just scroll it. I'm serious. Start saving some of these good comments because chat makes these shows a lot funnier. And if Josh is in chat or on a show, it makes it a whole lot more entertaining because just becomes apoplectic with everybody in there. All right, Jason Tatum. I'm glad you mentioned that though. Yeah. um, I mean, Tatum, I I think like, I feel the same way about him. I I view him the same way that I did previously he's jason tatum he's really really good uh 9600 he certainly can go out there and have a game um i i think that the price tag is probably a it, it's about correct you know given the the context and everything but there's certainly plenty of upside there um i do think it's still probably a little bit more difficult to get to him just because you're really going to want to get to Giannis. you have plenty of value still on on memphis that's going to allow you to do to do that um I think I get to Drew before I get to Tatum, given the $1,400 gap in, in salary. Um, but all that said, you know, if I get to Jason Tatum, I'm more than happy about it. Um, the it, Hopefully the rebounding comes back. You know, now for the series, he's at a 7.3% rebounding percentage up from his 4.5%, 26% usage rate, 1.05 DraftKings points per minute. I think that, you know, even though we, we did see, you know, signs of life last game, we saw the rebounding, I still view it as, you're you're more so playing him based on the talent level that he has and what you're hoping he can do than based on what you've seen so far in the series. Absolutely. I will say though, I love what we're getting out of Al Horford. I, I, I won't belabor the point because I talked about it a lot the other day, but I don't know if I mentioned it to you or Josh, but Horford in this in the last two games of the series, well, two games before last game, was second on the team in touches. He was like six behind Tatum. He led the Celtics in touches last game, dude. He had he had 16 points in the fourth quarter, finished with 38, uh, 38 rebounds and three assists, played 42 minutes. He's shooting lights out from three. Uh, look, I, I get that his price has come up considerably and that maybe this isn't sustainable, but if Robert Williams ends up sitting again today, I think that's enough to put Horford over the top again. He's just been excellent. Yeah, uh, we've seen him just play really well and also play a ton of minutes. I mean, uh, he he's played the second most minutes on the team in this series behind only Jason Tatum. He's averaged 1.16 DraftKings points per minute, which is the most on the team, except for Malik Fitz in his three minutes. Um, only a 16.3% usage rate. The 69.4% true shooting percentage should come down a bit, but a 15% assist percentage, a 16% rebounding percentage. You, you know, you really like to see both of those leads the team in rebounding percentage in this series. Um, and I'm with you. If Robert Williams does miss this game. I think it makes Warford look even better. How else do you want to approach these guys? Jalen Brown last game, um, you know, foul trouble was a huge issue. 
So, I mean, I, I expect him to get up to the 38, 40 minute range again. He just had an overall ugly game, but he's been pretty decent in this series. The Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he has the shooting guard, small forward eligibility, which is nice as well. Uh, $1,300 less expensive than, than Tatum. Similar usage rates, 25% usage for Brown in this series, 1.07 DraftKings points per minute. I, I do think that, you know, again, as good as Jason Tatum is, and I'm certainly not saying not to play Jason Tatum or that I don't, you know, like Jason Tatum or anything, but I do think it's going to be easier to just to get to Jalen Brown than it is to get to Tatum. It feels like it. Yeah. Especially because I really like Giannis and Holiday today. Um, yeah. And the other thing is <clears throat> right now, Tatum's projected for 38% ownership on DraftKings. Brown's at 32. If you got a situation where, you know, Brown was 38 and Tatum was like, you know, 25 or something or 20, then the ownership would certainly be favoring getting to Tatum there. But if Tatum's going to be more popular than the guy that I think is cheap, you know, that, that is cheaper and that is a pretty similar value, I, I like getting to Brown. Absolutely. And for what it's worth, we still have Robert Williams projected in. I, I think that makes sense. I, I don't know yet because it's knee soreness. So it's one of these weird things where maybe it's worse. Maybe he just needed a, a one game off. But uh, assuming he's out, and I'll get to Marcus Smart in a second. Do you want to go back to Grant Williams today? Played 25 minutes last game. Meanwhile, off the bench, you got 34 minutes from Derek White. So that rotation was different. Um, you did have Williams dealing with some foul trouble. Uh, he had four fouls. I don't know that it impacted a ton. Like, he did go to the bench in the third quarter um, with his fourth foul, but it was towards the end of the third quarter. There were, like, four minutes left. But prior to that game, we had seen Williams playing like 30 plus minutes in almost every game. So I'm not reading into it too much to where like I think suddenly he's only playing 24 minutes. If Robert Williams is out, I think that there's a good chance Grant Williams is getting back to 30, 32 minutes. The issue is just that that price tag has come up and he's not a great point per minute guy. Um, rostering a, an, a relatively expensive Grant Williams at high ownership is never something that feels very good. Uh, if you managed to avoid that lastly, you, you probably did well. Where I think it gets interesting, though, is and right now we have Robert Williams in, so it, it the, the ownership will change. You know, we have Grant Williams at 5% ownership right now. If Robert Williams is out, that number comes up. But let's say today you get Grant Williams at, you know, 10, 12% ownership without Robert Williams, then I don't mind getting there because I'm not, I don't really like the price. I'm not confident in it, but you could easily get 30 plus minutes from him and, you know, get 26, 27 DraftKings points. So uh, if the ownership is low, I like getting there. Um, if he's popular again, like if Robert Williams gets ruled out and he's popular again, I have no issue just not getting to a $4,600 Grant Williams, especially if, with all the value from Memphis. If Derek, if, if Williams is out, we can look at this a little further. It, let's at least talk about Derek White for a second. Now, I think he he gained, he got some additional minutes from, from Jalen Brown being in foul trouble because yep. uh, Brown picked up his fourth foul less than three minutes into the third. He comes back plays two minutes, picks up his fifth foul uh, towards the end of the third quarter. But Derek White still played, what, five? He, he played, so he played 13 minutes in the first half. Uh, and then in the second half, he played, God, what, 21 minutes. But again, a decent amount of that was due to Jalen Brown foul trouble. He did close the game, though, uh, alongside Marcus Smart, Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. Yeah, he played the final 21, 21 minutes, minutes. Of, yeah 21 minutes of the game crazy still only had a 10 percent usage rate um still only scored 23 DraftKings points in 34 minutes but at 3700 if robert williams is out i think he's a 
good value. You know, I, I think, again, you know, I think that a lot of times you're going to get more minutes from Grant Williams. Uh, you're going to get Jalen Brown playing more minutes. He only played 32. And White hasn't been a good fantasy producer in the postseason at all, and, and certainly not in this series. Only 0.73 DraftKings points per minute. But if you even assume that he's playing 24, 26 minutes at 3,700, again, uh, and you can feel more confident in that if Robert Williams is out, I still think he or he does project as a, a good value. Anybody else you want to hit on? Well, obviously Marcus Smart, but any uh, Marcus Smart and then anybody else you think uh, is worth discussing here for Boston? Yeah, I mean, I think Smart's sort of just there. You know, at 5,900, he's a good play. He's not standing out as something that I'm, like, heavily prioritizing. He is projected to be the highest owned guy on Boston right now at 39%. I think he's just going to fit into lineups pretty easily because he is relatively inexpensive. Uh, we did get 41 minutes from him last game. That's actually a big thing to mention just because you know you and I talked about it before the game where he had been banged up he hadn't played a ton of minutes and so it was like you know that if he's healthy and this game's competitive they would love him to play 40 minutes but you know can he and and will he so seeing him get to 41 minutes I think does at least reassure us that you know he, he's he's able to do it all right one down one to go man we're covering these comprehensively but also yeah, nice pace Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, let's get into that. Before we do, though, shout out to No House Advantage. Uh, for many of you that hang out with us on every show, you probably already signed up here and you know about it. But uh, it gives you an entirely different way to play DFS with player prop contests. It's 100% peer-to-peer, helps level the playing field. They have over 500 props over there, just a, a huge offering of props. And every new user, no matter who you are, gets $25 as a deposit bonus when they sign up using the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Uh, a couple of cool things about No House Advantage that these other sites don't have that'll probably uh, be good reason to check it out. First, the props are static. They don't change throughout the day. So while it may seem like everyone's going to know that, not everybody does. There will be advantages there, especially given that you can use our free No House Advantage projections and optimal lineup tool over at AWESEMO that's free every day of the week. We have our player prop tool. You have odd shopper as well. Easily compare everything against no house advantage. And like I said, with that tool, you only have to be on one tab. You have it right there. You have their lines and then you have what we have uh, as a projection and you can download it in the app store, the Google play store. You can go to nohouseadvantage.com, wherever it is you want, but use that promo code uh, to awesome to get a $25 deposit bonus. You're simply building a lineup without a salary, just overs or unders building a lineup. The ones you like the most go at the top. They get the most points. The ones you're least confident go at the bottom. They get the least points. And all the research you do throughout the day uh, can be applied straight to this. Use the free tools. Use the promo code. Get your deposit bonus and head over to nohouseadvantage.com. All right. Golden State <clears throat> Warriors. So last time out, we saw them, them squeak out a win against the Memphis Grizzlies. Three-point win. Um, Grizzlies were 10 point dogs in that game. I'm not shocked. They covered, uh, I think again today, the one advantage, and we can talk about this when we get to Memphis is that even if this game gets out of control, you're probably going to see Taylor Jenkins run these guys as long as he can, because this is it. This is the season right now. But when it comes to golden state, is there anyone you absolutely love today? No, like, I think there's a lot of guys that just are, are fine. They look like good plays. 
but there's not any one guy that stands out as like, oh, this guy can't miss. You know, I think Stephen Curry is the top guy here, 9,500, so $100 less expensive than than Tatum. Uh, I do like getting there if you can, but you have the same issues with him that you do with Tatum. You know, you have Drew Holiday for less. You have, obviously, you're prioritizing Giannis on the slate. I think that goes without saying. So uh, it's still relatively difficult to get there. As a result, he is only projected for 26% ownership. Once again, Draymond Green leads the way at 32%. I get it. It's $6,200. It fits easily into lineups. I still don't get, like, it just feels like he's being overprojected. He's typically giving you 32, 33 minutes. He's not a great point per minute guy. He's not bad. You know, he's around a fantasy point per minute. So it, it just, I don't know, every day it feels like Green's a little bit overowned, but um, he does fit nicely into lineups. But yeah, there's no one guy from this team that looks wildly uh, underpriced and like a, a you know core building piece. Oh, God. Do I read this super chat, Jordan? It's a $100 super chat. <clears throat> the thing about Adam is true, not about Josh. What? You know how this works by now. All right. All right. Pink. I <laughs> Paul Mag I, I uh, Magna. Any, I don't see anything in there that's not true, except maybe the part about you. Oh, no, that's entirely. You know that. Oh, oh and, I, the, and the ketchup. I mean, you know that's entirely true. You can, you know, you 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 can put on a put on a, a, a fake. I don't know. It's too early to think of words. Binked for a solo win on Fandle for a hundred k on Saturday. Didn't get the chance to say thanks to you guys, Paul. Uh, send us one. Send us a screenshot at Awesome Hall of Fame too. I'd love to throw you up on the Hall of Fame segment. Uh, and I don't know if you're a premium sub, but get a free month as well. That is awesome. Ketchup and eggs belongs on eggs. Damn or belong ketchup belongs on eggs. Damn right, bro. This was a big thing back a few years ago. Uh, I got ridiculed for it. And then I went to Twitter and got a very warm reception. Ketchup is delicious on eggs. Uh, Josh is an idiot. No, he's not. You guys, I don't know why you do this. Josh is a very, and Adam, just stay quiet. Josh is an insanely <laughs> smart guy. He just likes, he's very opinionated. So when he's wrong, he won't admit it, Adam, and then it just makes people want to very much dislike him. Oh, yeah. Josh brings all of this on himself. Oh, I totally agree with that, but he's not an idiot. No. No, Adam I mean, like, a... me, me and Josh have similar personalities. I'm just not wrong as often as he is, so it doesn't <laughs> come out. He says, Adam is an asshole. Yes, 100%. But he's our asshole. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we love Adam. Uh, Lafayette is the man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Try and do the best I can here as a host. And Alex is a god. Love you guys. Thanks, dude. Congrats again. Appreciate you. And that's a huge win. Yeah, hit us up at AwesomeHOF. Get that free month, and I uh, would like to put you in the Hall of Fame. Where are we at? Oh, Golden State. So, I, Adam, here's my thing, right? I'm going to keep living so far or dying. I, I, I want to I keep living. I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here. I'll keep living or dying on the Draymond Green is overvalued hill every day. And I'm not saying that 32% is crazy at 6,200, but we saw the other day where he was basically getting the same ownership as Al Horford and Jaron Jackson when they were almost the same price. Like those are the things that to me end up being very surprising when again, like Jaron Jackson is only a couple hundred dollars more than him getting almost 10% less ownership today without John Morant. What am I missing when it comes to Dre? As far as him being popular? As far as like him being 
more popular again than Jaron Jackson. And I get that the $400 can save you a little bit, but each and Horford last game was it was what like 6,400 or something and still without Robert Williams and still only a couple percent above Draymond Green. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's I, I don't totally get it. Like he fits well into lineups, but I, yeah, I, I don't totally get it. He's around the fantasy point per minute guy. It's, and it's not like he's typically playing huge minutes either. You know, so I, I think that, you know, if you're expecting 32 to 34 minutes from Draymond to 6,200, he looks good. But I think you get a higher ceiling with Jaron Jackson, who, you know, like you said, he is uh, $500 more expensive. But I think you get a higher ceiling there. I think that there's enough value where, you know, you can also just pay down at spots. So um, kind of, uh, once again, just kind of confused on how, on why Draymond is as popular as he is. Right. And it's... It if you're, if the thing is like, oh, well, Draymond will always play more minutes than, than, uh, than Jaron Jackson. No, he won't. Like Jaron Jackson, if he's not in foul trouble, is playing 33 or 34 minutes. Just, just a fact. So I don't know, man. It, it, it's weird. He's there. I think he's fine, but I'm not excited about him again. Wouldn't you rather try and find a way to get to Jaron? Obviously, like say you're hand building to Jaron Jackson over Draymond Green, try and find that 500. Yeah. I just think that the ceiling's higher, you know, it's Certainly way Draymond, high. like Draymond can still have those big games. You can get the 10, 10, 10, triple double. Like sure. that's, that's there. But Jaron Jackson, I mean, when, when you project the usage rate, you're assuming Jaron Jackson's usage rate is going to be like what? 10 points higher than Draymond's. Um, he's higher than that. Higher than that. Yeah. yeah More I, than I 10% like, higher. I, I was thinking like 15 to 25, but it could even be a bigger gap. Um, I think you're, well, it's going to be like 28 to 30% usage for Jackson, basically every game. Right. Yeah, that's that's true, um, especially with Giles. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're thinking like a 30 percent usage rate for Jackson, Draymond is in in this series. Uh, yeah. What's his usage in this series? Yeah, I was, I was going to look now um, off the top of my head. I feel like during the regular season, he was around like 13 percent. That could be. Yeah. Enough. Uh, in this series. Yeah, he's at 12 percent in this series. And yeah, obviously, the the assists are, are where, you know, he does gain on Jackson. He's at 26 percent in this series tied with Steph Curry for the team lead. And and he rebounds well but i don't know I, I i'm not trying to i'm not trying to say that like draymond's not a good play at 6200 i think that he's fine it's just it, it has seemed like all <clears throat> it has seemed like all series or all postseason that he just ends up being over projected for whatever reason and uh people roster him more than i think they should right and kevin heim said J uh, jackson went over seven from three last game and still crushed yeah Again, my betting video is going to come out early today, so check it out. Monday through Friday over on the Odd Shopper channel. We'd love to have you guys. We'll sweat some bets together. We've had a good postseason so far. Um, but Jaron Jackson was 0 for 7 from 3 last game and still, of course, he had seven stocks, but he's a good shot blocker, right? Like the guy's active. It's not like he can't do something close to that again and also shoot better than 33% from the field and 0% from 3. So yeah, the ceiling is there. He, he was and really he, aggressive offensively, just in general. I wish he played like that more. Me often. too. And he played 34 minutes. Yeah. That's the thing. He's going to get a lot of minutes, especially tonight, if he's not in foul trouble. Even if he is in foul trouble, you might just see them, you might just see Taylor Jenkins take some risks. So we'll get there. But let's close out Golden State first. Uh, I, I did want to know where you're at on guys like Thompson and Poole, because every day and Wiggins, it's just kind of volatile options here. There's a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things, which makes them tough to, to project for DFS purposes. 
Yeah, they're like the prototypical, just if they're not popular, I'll play some of them. If they are, right. I won't. Um, neither guy's getting too much ownership here. Clay at 23%, Pool at 20 um, I do lean towards Pool a little bit just because he's less one-dimensional. You know, both guys to really have a big game need to take over from a scoring standpoint. But in this series, Pool has a 27% usage rate, but also has a 24% assist percentage, whereas Clay only has a 21.5% usage rate, 12% assist percentage. Um, you, you basically... Like for Clay to put up a big game at his price tag, you need that game where he just knocks down eight, nine, three pointers, which he can. But for Poole, there are multiple ways to get there. And you've also just seen him be more involved offensively so far. So uh, between the two, I do, I think, uh, get to Jordan Poole first. But I, I view them as kind of similar plays where they're slightly overpriced. But in you know tournaments on a two-game slate, that's not horrible. Hey, we're 10 likes away from 100. Got about 400 people in here. If you haven't done so yet, it only takes a single second. Oh, if only 10 of you were to hit that thumbs up, we're getting over 100 and we're well on our way to a, a nice morning here. Anyone else for Golden State? Yeah, uh, Wiggins, I think, deserves a mention here at only 6K. He is playing a ton of minutes if the game's competitive. And he's rebounding really well in the postseason and also in this series specifically. 11.8% rebounding percentage. Uh, in, in this series, he's averaged 0.93 DraftKings points per minute with a 20% usage rate. I, he, he's never somebody that like you're excited about or you feel good about because he's not he's not the primary guy in any stat category for this team. Like he's not going to be, you're, you know, it, it's rare that he's going to lead the team in usage in a game, like extremely rare. He's not the leading rebounder. You know, he's still behind Dre and Looney and, and those guys. He's not going to lead he's not the leading assist guy but he just kind of does everything when he's out there and he's playing enough minutes to where i think 6k is is a decent value um and he is getting a little bit less ownership than draymond at a similar price without looking and let's go to memphis without looking i don't know if you've looked it up yet but what do you think desmond bain's usage was last game without I, john I already saw it 10 percent yep not he, only was it 10 percent, it was the lowest on the team of anyone that saw the floor yeah, and for this series, coming into that game, he was at like 14%. And 13.3 on the series, yeah. Yeah, I had mentioned it before that game that I didn't really know what to do with Bain because you expect his usage to go up with no John Morant, but his usage was so low in the series coming in that I was really concerned that it was injury-related because... And you're right, I think. And Golden State's playing him really well. Right. Um, it, it's always, I think the most difficult thing in NBA DFS is when guys are playing through injuries and you're trying to figure out what the hell to do with them because yeah. you don't know how they feel. If they're playing, like my, my approach is always, if they're playing, I assume that they are healthy enough to play and that, you know, maybe they drop off a little bit, but that, that they're going to be good. Um, but with Bain, I mean, you, you have a 13% usage rate in this series now. Uh, it's, it's showing up in the rates. It's not like if, if, if Bain were, I, I would do this differently. If, if Bain had, you know, like a 22, 23% usage rate in this series and he was just shooting really, really poorly, I would say like, okay, he's probably shooting poorly because he's injured, but I also like, he's still getting those shots up. I'm going to continue projecting him like he's Desmond Bain and you know, like everything's normal. The thing that changes it a little bit is that he's not shooting and, and that's, yeah. You know, it's not that he's it's not that he's shooting poorly. It's that he is just not shooting, and that does uh, change things for me. So, it's not to say he can't have a good game, can't bounce back. You know, Morant being out, like Memphis certainly would love Desmond Bain to step up here. At sixty four hundred, 
that ceiling is still there. But the fact that he's just been so uninvolved offensively and that we know he is playing through an injury does concern me here quite a bit. Um, right now, he's projected for 38% ownership. If that holds, I, I just and I, I think that my projection on him ends up being not be, being low enough just based on what he has done so far in this series that I probably don't get to as much. I agree with you hundred percent. Actually, I, I, I have Desmond Bain under 17 and a half points today as one of uh, my bets and I'll, I'll write bullets out. And the one thing I said is it's entirely possible that Bain finds his stroke tonight, but the bigger concern, like you said, is he hasn't even been shooting. So if he was like Drew holiday and he's, you know, operating with 30% usage, you're like, okay, I, I can, I'm fine with that because volumes can't, even if he finds it, who knows if he's even going to have the usage, his usage rates per game in this series are 15, 11, 18, and 10. So, and, and against Minnesota, he had a 22% usage rate. So it's not like this has been a postseason thing. It makes you wonder how much is his back and how much is just Minnesota being a market or a golden say being a markedly better team defensively. Right, probably a combination. Um, and just to comment so. on on GQ's comment in chat, um, he said, you know, Golden State's running him off the line, and that he had the same rates against Golden State in the regular season. Four games against Golden State in the regular season, Bain had a twenty one point eight percent usage rate. So there you go with like, Morant. Well, but, I don't know how many were with Morant, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either. But like, I'm not arguing the Golden State matchup part is tough, but the usage thing is not a gold is not solely Golden State. Agreed. Yep. Uh, I we talked about Jaron Jackson a lot. I'm. I don't know about you, but I will go right back to the well there again today. I mean, just big usage last game, big minutes. He can rack up stocks. He's a decent enough rebounder. I actually hope he starts at the four, so foul trouble maybe isn't as big of an issue and saves him a little bit. I think that's something you've mentioned uh, in the past. But uh, all in all, yeah, just give me as much Jaron Jackson as I can get. And if you're looking and saying, well, he had uh, five fouls last game, they were all late in the game, so it didn't affect him. He actually did a good job of staying out of foul trouble in that first half. Only one foul. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Greg tweeted something at the end of the game. was like, does Jaron Jackson know he doesn't have to use all the fouls? Because <laughs> it was just like, it was literally just like down the stretch. He just reverted back to like the Jaron Jackson and just runs around and smacks people. It's crazy. It's crazy. But fortunately, last it's game, like, he... Like uh... the use it or lose it timeout. He thinks that like, <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't take him with me. Right. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. He's just, he's, he's a very high usage player without Morant on the floor. A very high usage player. He's almost a, th if you, with, in the games without Morant, it's like 28.5%. But in the game, in the minutes without Morant this year, it's over 30. His usage. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and in the series, he's at, 27.5%. You know, obviously Morant played most of those games. 1.2 DraftKings points per minute. I like getting back to Jackson here. You know, yeah, he comes with risk, but you're seeing him play minutes when he's not in foul trouble. Uh, it's very difficult to predict in any given game, you know, if you're going to have foul trouble, but Golden State's not a team that is likely to give Jackson issues from that regard. Uh, certainly anybody can because he's Jaron Jackson Jr., but only 24% ownership there. Again, I just don't know why he's getting less ownership than Draymond. Uh, me neither. Me neither. So Dylan Brooks... What's the saying? Couldn't find sand if he was on a beach. Yeah, I think there's a lot of sayings about Dylan Brooks. It's not about him specifically, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, I know. Or I for you, couldn't find water if you were in a washing machine. <laughs> uh, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. You get it. So 
I, I guess with Brooks, at least the volume is there, right? Like that's the one, that's the one, at least the volume's there. The second most difficult thing in DFS after injuries is figuring out what the hell to do with Dylan Brooks because yeah, the guy's going to shoot. He just inexplicable shot at the end of, of last game. Like the guy is, I think, three for 16 or something at the time. Early in the shot clock, step back three in like a tie game or a one-point game, whatever it was. He just doesn't care and then like the comments after the game from his teammates yeah we need brooks to keep shooting like we're better when he makes shots well, yeah no shit you're better when he makes shots but you could be even better if he just didn't take them and somebody else was taking them because they'd go in more um but also if you're gonna see like if bane is banged up you know more so than you know normal like if it's if it's actually affecting his play like if you continue to see a low usage rate from bane that's more shots going to dylan brooks as well um and he's still cheap and he's going to be out there a lot of minutes. You, you would think, you know, yeah, maybe he gets replaced by the Anthony Melton here uh, for, for more minutes, but based on like, if Melton didn't steal minutes from him last game, I don't know how, I don't know what has to happen for Melton to take minutes because uh, that was about as bad as it gets from, from Brooks. So um, I, I think at 5,600, you're just expecting 36 plus minutes again and a mid twenties usage rate. It, it's going to make him project well. And I mean, even last game where he shot, I think it ended up being like four for 18 with his end of game, like half court buzzer beater or whatever. He still, he still got you 31 DraftKings points just because he played so many minutes. Exactly. Brooks had crazy peripherals last game too. Do you know what his true shooting percentage is in this series? All right. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, and he's only played two games, but I'm going to say like 33%. 28.6. Jeez. What's his true shooting in the playoffs? Um I bet it's I bet it's still brutal. <laughs> uh 42.5. Oof. What's league average? <laughs> Not 42.5. <laughs> um no. damn, that's bad. All right. I want to get to to Adams. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Appreciate you, man. Oh, shit. We got another $100 super chat. Boom. Jordan Lockhart. Yeah, dude, you're back on it, huh? About to hit another mega heater. I love to see it. Lafayette and Adam, two of the best. Thanks for always working hard to provide the best stuff, but also making it entertaining. We try, man. Um, still haven't gotten myself to look up the dick arm. <laughs> this is never going to die. Do it. <laughs> Malcolm McDonald, I think, was his name. I think it was Malcolm Old Malcolm Dick Arm McDonald. I thought we had somebody in our chat with that name. What? I thought we had somebody in our chat with that name. No, that was Miguel McDonald, right? That was your oh, arch right. nemesis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your sworn enemy. <laughs> so thanks, man. Congratulations uh, on the big week or a couple of weeks and appreciate that super chat. <clears throat> it looks so like based on this random thing that I just found online that I have no idea how credible it is. Uh, in 2021, the league average true shooting was about 57%. That's what I thought. I didn't want to misspeak, but I thought it was around 57. Damn. Oh, go. Um, I think I just found it. Maybe. It doesn't look like it's listed here. Um, league average effective field goal percentage is, was 53.2% this year, but it doesn't have true shooting listed. Okay. Wow. Uh, wait, league average what? Just shooting? Effect, effective field goal percentage. Oh, EFG? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Someone said, is he related to Norm McDonald? I don't know, but I can tell you this exciting stuff. If you're a Norm McDonald fan, like I am, and I know Adam likes him some Norm McDonald too. Apparently Norm McDonald has an hour worth of unused content that he did, that he, that he did uh, at his home during COVID and it's going to become a Netflix special. So oh, that's awesome. Pretty cool. Right? Yeah. If, have you seen his Netflix special? The last one he did Hitler's dog. I don't think so. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It's so funny. It's so funny. All right. So let's let's get let's round this one out. We've got Stephen Adams, who we, of course, have to talk about highest projected own player on the slate. But before we get there, can you just round out the rest of this team? Like Tyus Jones is obvious. We don't have to really get into that much. Uh, and then maybe anybody else that is kind of uncertain. And then we'll break down what we expect from Steven Adams after seeing him start yet last game. Yeah. So Tyus Jones, I think is still underpriced here. This is just an, an example of, you know, yeah, his price tag jumped a lot. He's 4,900 on DraftKings. I think he's 5,700 on FanDuel, but he was so underpriced at the beginning that, you know, last game that him going up a bunch in salary doesn't, um, doesn't mean he's overpriced or you're chasing points or whatever. He played 41 minutes last game. He's, started like 20 he started 23 games this season without Morant average 0.96 DraftKings points per minute uh he's a very good playmaker very good facilitator he's still at one of the best values at, at 4900 um we talked about Brooks Jackson and Bain the Anthony Melton 4500 no idea what the hell to do with him he played fewer minutes without Morant by a lot than he had been uh, previously only played nine minutes last game didn't play at all in the second half he's just difficult to rely on because Jenkins time and time again this year in situations where he's like where, where Melton seems like he would be useful just doesn't use him but he's Melton's also a good point per minute guy so if you do happen to get him back to 24 25 minutes then he's a good value at 4500 so just extremely risky only projected for four percent ownership don't mind getting to some of him in tournaments and just hoping that he plays more minutes here certainly risky but uh the payoff I, I think is the, the potential payoff is also very high um Brandon Clark, once again, didn't play a lot. I don't really expect that to change. Uh, that's, you know, we've kind of seen that throughout this series. Uh, so kind of similar to Melton in that, you know, if for some reason he does get more minutes here, he'd be good. He's a good point per minute guy. But um, I have a hard time thinking that, you know, he, he, ran, he suddenly picks up a ton more minutes here. And then Kyle Anderson, I do think, plays more. We saw it last game. Um, Anderson was in the closing lineup. He Ended up only still only playing like 23 minutes, but I think that you know you once again see him in that range as opposed to the six, 15, 16 minutes he was playing uh, before Morant's injury. Red Skittles in chat said, "Old McDonald had an arm." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're firing today, all cylinders. Oh, he's a pretty yeah. Got the badge too. Hit join. You want to uh, you want to join the team here? And thanks, 131 likes. I think that's about it. Is there anything else that Steven you want Adams. to hit on other than Steven Adams? Uh, no, not other than Steven Adams. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, he's assuming he's starting at 3,400. I think he's just the free square today. He's the Tyus Jones of last slate. Uh, even if he doesn't play 27 minutes, even if Steven Adams plays like 18 minutes at 3,400, he's likely to be a good point per dollar value. He's going to let you get Giannis in the lineups. He's going to let you get the other guys that you want. Um, if you wanted the, the other issue is like, if you think about how maybe it doesn't work out for Steven Adams, like if he plays poorly, 
what happens. You know, you get more minutes for Brandon Clark. Maybe you get more minutes for Kyle Anderson or DeAnthony Melton, but none of those guys are as cheap. So while like you could use them as negative cor- negatively correlated plays with Adams, you know, and say, okay, well, if, if Adams busts for 75% of the field, you know, maybe Melton does better or Clark does better. That's fine, but you're still not getting the same uh, amount of, you, you're, you're not, it's not opening up as much salary for you as Adams is. So um, did if you, you see want- his plus minus last game? No. Plus 13 in 27 minutes. By far the best on the entire team. Yeah, not bad. Um, Yeah, and and like he wasn't in the closing lineup. So to me, that's the one minor concern is just, you know, what if he does lose like eight minutes here, just, you know, opens the game, maybe closes the first half, opens the second half, doesn't come back kind of thing. Um, But I I think on average, you're probably still looking at like low to mid 20s from him. He's just so cheap that it's very difficult to get away. If you are looking to get away from um I, I do think that you know getting to more melton or clark or anderson makes sense because those are guys that i think would be likely to pick up those minutes i wonder if jenkins looks at that and goes oh okay adams came off the court and they immediately blew a double digit lead and lost the game late in the fourth possible um somebody said you still like adams at 5300 on fanduel <laughs> yes in that if he plays the same minutes he did last game he's still a very good value um but it's not as risk-free as DraftKings. Well, what are the other options at center would be my question, too. Like, you have Dre at 6K, Horford 79, Jaron Jackson 7,600, Portis at 51, Clark at 45. So, like, Clark is cheaper than Adams, but still, we don't know what his minutes look like. Yeah, I guess that's an appropriate price point, right? Yeah, I think that's, like, where he should be. Yeah. So, he's still a fine player, but he's not – what he is on DraftKings. DraftKings uh, screwed the pooch on this one a little bit. Oh, yeah. 3400 And how do you price Tyus up? Not enough, but price him up, and then you just forget about Steven. The crazy thing is they actually – it's not that they neglected it. They, they, they priced him up $400. No, $200. $200. Um, i am wondering if it has to do with the fact that he just wasn't popular last game um, because I do uh, think – You know that- what? You're, you're right. We've always talked about how yeah. ownership must factor into that pricing algorithm from week from day to day. Yeah, and just nobody swapped last game. So Great point, yeah. Assuming that's right. part of the pricing algorithm, that's probably what it was. Yep. Hey, thanks for all the super chats. Congrats, Jordan. Congrats, Paul. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Hit that thumbs up before you go. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, follow Adam at, at Ship My Money DFS, me at Lafay underscore D. Shout out to our boy Jordan Klein behind the controls, always doing his thing. And uh, yeah, we'll see you back here shortly. MLB strategy show coming up, or is it MLB Live Before Lock? Is it an LBL we got to, Live Before Lock? We got LBL coming up. Okay. Uh, today's a big day, too. You got the No House Advantage strategy show at 1 30. Uh, MLB Live Before Lock at 4, NBA Deeper Dive with Adam and Alex at 5, NBA Live Before Lock with Greg and Eric at 6, and then PGA Live Before Lock. That's coming up at 8 with our boys Ben Rossa and Jason Ruslan. So we got you covered all day long. Jason uh, might not be there. I just killed him on Twitter. I don't know if he'll still be around. Who? Jason. Oh, you did? That was nice of you. <laughs> we'll see you guys back here for the next one. Have a great rest of the day. Peace. Peace.